Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of The Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast where we're here to talk about, oh my God, can you believe it? Star Trek. Um, with me, I'm Chris Newcomer, your host. With me, as always, is Carrie Coleman-Hinners. Thank you for having me on your podcast. You always make me laugh a lot. It brings me great joy. Also with me is Michael Henley. I am very excited to be here. Wonderful. On this episode uh, of The Delicious Dish, we'll be discussing my sweaty balls. Uh, <laughs> like I, could hear, I just did like, yeah, yeah, the sweaty balls. Yes, yes, yes. Like I could hear people just going next, next. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, that's their loss. That's their loss. What else is on this right? <laughs> we have no competition because we don't actually have a time slot. So really, it's all good. Um, but we are here to discuss two episodes of Star Trek, one classic, one current. The classic episode is Star Trek The Next Generation Lower Decks, which inspired the other episode we will be watching, which is Star Trek Lower Decks. And that episode is called Hold for Me to Find It. Hold on, it's right here. It's right here. It's the inner fight. That's right. Which I do believe mm. is a play on the inner light, which I think is very funny. Indeed. Um, but before we talk about to strictly connected uh we're here to talk about how the people talking about the star trek have been feeling since they saw t- last spoke with each other four days ago Finley, <laughs> how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> sorry who are you asking you're asking me or are you asking i said Gary? michael henley but i think you were drinking and i didn't i was reading I, the synopsis i didn't see that we were i'm sorry i didn't mean uh, no no card. Ah, no, no, you're fine. Uh, I am doing quite well. Uh, it's the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, I had my family Thanksgiving uh, with uh, my family, uh, believe it or not, uh, yesterday, which was wonderful. Uh, nothing wow. like going to a family-sponsored potluck. Uh, fantastic. Uh, uh, girlfriend with, uh, excuse me, uh, Thanksgiving with my girlfriend's family coming up. Um, it's my favorite time of year. I love the weather. I love walking the dog in this weather. Um, I'm it's lovely. I'm doing great. Oh, good. How do we you manage that. to get your fam? Have your has your family always done Thanksgiving on a different day? We we have yeah one because of schedules two especially because my sister is a doctor and uh, she ah. works crazy hours and she always leverages her thanksgiving as in i'll work on thanksgiving so that she can get better time off for christmas i see very smart very smart that makes sense that makes sense and then you as a person with with multiple familial connections get two thanksgivings that's great i i mean i i make out like a bandit it's fantastic yeah carrie Mm -hmm. how are you doing oh you know what what a coincidence it is also thanksgiving week for me too where you are too where i am interesting i thought Um, time moved differently where you are but okay all right well for our international listeners we're speaking of american thanksgiving Mm -hmm. um north american uh thanksgiving uh not canadian thanksgiving that's different that was Um, like a month ago yeah, I don't know what those Canadians are doing like on Thanksgiving. I don't even know. We don't we need to ask a Canadian. Yeah. Um but let's just wildly guess. I not, think they're going yeah. to have poutine. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and geese for some reason. 
I don't know why I think geese mm. are involved. Well, because of Canadian geese, I would. I would yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we will not be asking Will Riker about that. Because he's from Alaska. Because, uh, he's from Alaska. Alaska. Not Canada. Yes. Not Canada. <laughs> yeah. Nice try. Nice try. <laughs> handsome guy I... who I would absolutely yeah. not kiss, but sure would. Probably, yes, I would. It's a handsome man. Those... I would kiss all I've, those I've... men. <laughs> Line them up. I've always said... <laughs> I've always said Alaska is to Can- is to Canada as New Jersey is to New York. I, I don't know why I've said that. I'm not even sure it's accurate, but uh, yeah. I, and yeah. in what context were you saying this? <laughs> uh, why, were you, well, why were you saying that? First time I said it was about uh, ten seconds ago, but I'm trying to ratchet that up. To You're always, trying to make so. it okay. I like that. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to turn it into a thing. So. You're you're in control of your future. You're in control of making it always. So. And I'm in control of my past too. It's very exciting. And like we had said on earlier uh, podcasts, this whole podcast has been just an intervention for Michael. For Michael, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, but Carrie, you didn't finish so, telling us how your Thanksgiving was going. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Well, it hasn't happened yet, unlike Michael. <laughs> Thanksgiving yet. I am planning because my son's ha- is having his first birthday oh next week. Oh, so. yeah. So uh, we're doing a double duty Thanksgiving birthday party for him oh because well, it's like exciting. a week away. Mm-hmm. It's like a week away and the family's all together. So we're like, why the heck not? And Arlo was kind of late for his due date, right? I mean, it was a little, am I recalling well, that right? The thing is, is that it seemed that way because he was so dang huge. <laughs> um, but he was like right on time, but just like wouldn't come out you know what i mean he's like i'm so, good <laughs> <laughs> they had to they had to like pull they had to cut him out of me they had to like yeah rip rip me open and cut him out because he was not coming out um sever the umbilical, what was the thing you like to say sever the umbilical uh yeah <laughs> uh the umbilical now i forgot I forgot it as well <laughs> <laughs> um Prepare for umbilical disconnect, I think. Yeah, that's what I, I believe what it was, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, he's going to be one, and we're going to have Thanksgiving, and I'm making some healthy birthday cake for a one-year-old. Not that was I don't good? want him to have sugar, but I just don't want to give it to him, like, Sure. Like, yeah. Throw it at him all at once. Well, like, and I'm also you're gonna just... have a lifetime. You're gonna have a lifetime yeah. of him asking you for sugar. There's no need yeah. to rush it. it yeah. I feel like right now he doesn't know it exists. I don't need to just yeah. throw it at him. So I'll I'll uh, introduce him to sugar. I fully support slow. you. It's fair. That's fair. It's <laughs> yeah. also also it's kind of an anniversary of when we did our Trexgiving a couple of years ago when you had Trexgiving at your yes. house. Yes, came... I would love to do that again. I um the pandemic stopped me a little bit. Yeah. Do you still have the Captain Picard Day banner? Maybe. <laughs> you know what? I can make it again. I'll make it again. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a complicated banner. Yeah. It's I made just... by kids on the show. <laughs> yeah. I'll make it again. It's fine. That's funny. Well, I'll mm-hmm. make another how are you cell- doing? I'll make another Chris, cellular peptide doing? cake. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. good. Um I'm good. I'm a little tired, but tired for good reasons. I was just um you know, had a late, uh, a couple of late nights. We went, I was in New York on Saturday. We saw a couple of plays, which was, were, both were incredible. I highly recommend both of them. I was really, really 
pleased. Sometimes you go to do like a two show day where you're seeing two shows. You're like, well, one's going to be a dud, right? Because it's just <laughs> law of averages. Something's got to be bad here. And both were in their own ways, incredibly moving, special. Um, just really, it was just really wonderful. A wonderful day, wonderful shows. Um, so I highly recommend going to New York and seeing Merrily We Roll Along and seeing How to Dance in Ohio. They were both incredible how to dance in ohio especially since it's a new show it was just opened previews last week it's a show about um a, a group of young people who uh, are living who, uh, of the um on the autism spectrum who go to this uh, counseling center and they uh it's about them getting ready for their first dance basically and you know all the, the trials and tribulations that come um with people of that experience and these kind of social things that can create kind of stress for people um, but what I love about it is anyone who is on that stage portraying a person with autism is a person identifies that way. And also both with the rehearsal process and with the um and with the rehearsal process for the actors themselves, but also with the audience experience, they've done they've implemented all these other things to make it a safe and welcoming environment for folks who might have some extra needs because they have their, they, you know, they are, they are happen to be autistic. You know, it's really, it was really incredible. So highly recommend. And the music was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Lots of fun. Uh, but then also like we went to, um, I know I've mentioned I go to a piano bar here in Philadelphia, Tavern, often. Uh, when I lived in New York, I went to this piano bar in Marie's Crisis all the time. We did maybe end up there, and I did not go home until 3.30 in the morning because um, New York lets you do that, which I forgot. And I was just like, I am 40, and it's <laughs> 3 in the morning, and I'm not in a bed. I'm not in my bed. Uh, what is happening? Um, but it was nice to go back to that bar and still be remembered by the pianist there who had me sing Think of Me from Phantom at about 2.30 oh in the gosh. morning. <laughs> Yeah, New York lets you do that. Philadelphia is like, you know what? We're going to stop the trains now. Yeah. So if you want to go home, you got to go now. Yeah, they stop the trains like trains... midnight. They're like, get out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah get yeah. out of here, guys. What are you doing? Um, no, but that was a lot of fun <laughs> to, um, to to go back and go to see my old stomping grounds. And then also nice to be like, oh, I, I love the city. I'm so glad I don't live here. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm. Come home to, you know, my my lovely home city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm good. And also, we're dog sitting, so there's that's nice too. I feel like a little bit of a dog parent right now. My dog sitting a very lovely dog named Cleo. Um, but other than that, I'm doing great. So let's move on. From is there any trek in the news that we we need to speak of? Do we think or trek in the news? Trek in the news. Trek in the news. Look it up. <laughs> taking that as a no. Taking that as oh, no. taking all the stalling sounds as a no. Uh, <laughs> I'm researching your answer. Russell, Russell, Russell. The answer is no. Nope. Okay. <clears throat> well, in that case, well, why don't we discuss um why don't we discuss this episode this classic episode of Next Generation Lower Decks? <clears throat> okay. Four young enterprise enterprise. That's more Philadelphia. I lost the T completely in enterprise. Four Enter. young enterprise ensigns yeah. find their friendship strained during personal evaluations. Personnel evaluations. Two of the friends, Sam Lavelle and the Be discover they are being considered for the same job. Joined by their friend Ben, 
a real shit stirrer, by the way. I mean, a oh, civilian yeah. who works as a waiter. <laughs> they learned that. I'm glad they never. Be... We never saw him ever again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They learned that emotions <laughs> seem to be already decided on for their other two friends, uh, Nurse Ogawa and Vulcan Engineer Torek. <clears throat> Worf soon detects an escape pod, and inside Cardassian. Uh, an escape pod inside Cardassian space, which is off limits to the Enterprise. And Jordi and Torek work to transport the passenger on board amidst a cloak of secrecy. Torek burns the hull of a shuttlecraft with phaser fire on Jordi's instructions and deduces that the goal is to make the craft appear as it, if it sustained damage while fleeing an attack. Impressed by Ogawa's performance, Beverly Crusher, who loves gossip, decides to recommend mm. her for a promotion. That was just the energy she was giving this whole episode. She was like, yeah. she was like, tell me, Alyssa. And like, okay, we get it. <laughs> How are things going? <laughs> yeah. She orders Ogawa not to reveal that she is about to what she is about to see in Sick Bay. And Dr. Crusher takes her to where an injured Cardassian has been brought on board. Captain Picard chastises Sito for her role in a Starfleet Academy scandal, which we'll discuss next week. Uh, she leaves the meeting exasperated, as Picard has left her without the opportunity to defend herself. A pair of poker games take place, one involving the senior officers and another the junior officers, with Ben shuttling from one to the other. During the senior game, oh God, senior game, uh, Commander Riker and Worf differ on whether <laughs> Lavelle or Sito should be promoted, with Riker noting that Lavelle seems Overly eager to please. Considerations of promotions are interrupted by a baffling secret mission that all but Lavelle are involved in. Left out of the loop, Lavelle becomes convinced that this is a sign that he will not be promoted. After teaching a martial arts class, Worf tells Sito to stay and take a test for admission to his advanced course. He blindfolds her and engages her in a one-on-one -on -one fight. Sito is powerless <laughs> to stop Worf's attacks, adding insult to her already bruised self-esteem but finally stands up to him saying that the test isn't unfair. Worf admits that getting her to stand up for herself when she is being judged unfairly is what he intended all along, <clears throat> and she uses her new confidence to confront Picard about his earlier interrogation. To Cito's surprise, Picard admits that its purpose was to assess both her personal growth and her potential readiness for a dangerous secret mission. He also states that he had specifically asked for her assignment to the ship so that she would be given a fair chance. <clears throat> Sidu is to pose as a captive of Jorat Dahl, the injured Cardassian brought to sickbay. Jort is actually a Federation operative who has just delivered vital information to Starfleet and must now return to Cardassia. The plan is for Jort and Sito to enter Cardassian space in the stolen shuttlecraft, stolen in quotes, damaged by Torek, and for Jorat to send, send an escaping Sito back over the border in an escape pod. Acknowledging the risks, Sito accepts the, the mission and prepares to leave. And um, when Sito's escape pod fails to arrive at the prearranged rendezvous point after 32 hours, Picard orders a probe to be launched into Cardassian space. Despite being warned that doing so could be considered a treaty violation, the probe defects, detects scattered debris that appears to be the remnants of a Starfleet shuttle escape pod. The Enterprise later, inter later intercepts Cardassian communications, which report that a Bajoran prisoner overpowered her Cardassian captor and attempted to leave Cardassian space in an escape pod, which was then destroyed, leaving no survivors. Captain Picard announces Sito's death over the ship's general address to the shock and horror of her friends. Lavelle receives a promotion, but is convinced that it came to him only because of Sito's death, and he, Torek, and Ogawa gather in ten forward to mourn their loss. Ben sees Worf sitting alone and persuades him to join the other three. 
saying that Sido considered him a friend. The three junior officers welcome Worf to their table. And that is Lower Decks. Oh, man. What an episode. Oh, oh man. What an episode. What an episode. What a good episode. I mean, one of my favorites of all time, honestly. Yeah. I think it is uh, ranked among the top uh, episodes by fans, whoever votes on these things. Yeah. I've never voted on such a thing. Nobody do you, do, you, do you feel similarly? Do you feel similarly though? Or are you, it wasn't ranked, doesn't rank that high for you? No, I think it's a really great episode. I think it's, uh, it raises some questions for me. I love the depiction of Lower Decks. And, and as we said before, this inspired the cartoon. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's let Michael talk. I don't want to get okay. ahead of myself. Yeah. Okay. Let's let Michael talk a little bit. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love this episode, especially because it's so rare. Um, it, it's, I guess it's less rare now, but it, it, I mean, it's, I mean, of course it's less rare. We have a whole show about it, but uh, it was so rare back then to have an episode that is by definition from, you know, an outsider perspective. Um, that really, you know, kind of reinforces the, um, like the, the rank structure, which kind of doubles for like the class structure on the, on, on the enterprise. Um, I remember when this episode came out, they mentioned that one of their biggest inspirations was the PBS show upstairs, downstairs, um, which, you know, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you could see successors in stuff like Downton Abbey stuff that's as, as concerned with, you know, the, the 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 upper crust people as mm-hmm. with the you know just the um the regular people and how they interact and their relationships especially how remote and yet suddenly close they are you know at various times um how how the how ye, the, these characters could have could both have a different perspective and also not at all understand the perspective that maybe their superiors have, or, you know, their quote unquote superiors or however you want to frame it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode does this so well, especially with everything that happens with Cito, um, the way that, you know, Picard comes across as stern and not warm at all, but not in a way that feels like they're tweaking his character in order to make him, it, it, they, they don't kind of twist him all out of shape. They just, they just make you realize that, yes, if you did not have the context on, you know, several seasons of history with Captain Picard, this is probably how he would come across. Um, and that, you know, and there's Worf and, you know, and 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 Riker, too, because Riker is the most fun-loving, casual guy ever. And from Sam Lavelle's perspective, he's his, you know, really, you know, riding him hard superior who doesn't believe in him and is always trying to get him into trouble. Um, you know, or at the very least is, is trying to, you know, challenge him in ways he doesn't appreciate. And, and, and somehow both things are true. And it's really, really fun to, this is very late season TNG. And it's really nice to, for a show when it has that amount of confidence, where it just says, we're going to take these characters that you know, so love, and we're going to make them almost foreign by how removed we are from their natural perspective, yeah. you know, and, and it, it's such a neat little balancing act and they do it so well. Yeah. Well, I agree completely. All, yeah. All of that. Plus we often see um, junior officers, unnamed officers, they die, but it's not often that 
we talk about them. No. Um, I believe after this, I think Voyager did a few things uh, regarding that. Um, but it's just interesting to see the uh, the flip side of the the coin. <laughs> Is that the right analogy? Um, I like the day to day depiction of like just another day at the office kind of stuff for the officers like they just got to do these reports um they got they got employee reviews coming up mm-hmm. they got their paperwork they need to submit like that all kind of makes it more real for me yeah you mean the the mundanity of it all <laughs> yeah 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 there was a lot of like how they depicted this dangerous situation was a very in a very mundane matter of fact like we're just going to work and doing our job uh Mm -hmm. sort of way which i i appreciated because that's what they set up star trek to be um it's people working living in space (laughs) just another day at the office for them uh i liked i like the actor who plays torek who's um a son of a producer son of yeah producer writer jerry taylor i believe jerry taylor oh. uh, and he was also on as a varick on voyager yeah. and even though it was the same exact character <laughs> they couldn't figure out how he was gonna be uh also on the other side of the quadrant so they made him his twin brother <laughs> i didn't know that that's funny yeah so is that real? Oh, Torek. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, wow. so he's Torek on The Next Generation, Varric on Voyager, but they're twin brothers. <laughs> Not that they ever tell us that. They just, they just, Not that they just ever tell they us make that. it okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how they like, that's everything I've read. Like, you know what? They're twins. I don't know. <laughs> they're brothers. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, Ben, the waiter, I, I liked that they included... Um, a non-Starfleet character. Yeah. But that Ben was very... I didn't trust him. He was a gossiping... He doesn't Benny. seem like a, gossip, a good... A gossip goose. What I just... A gossip goose? <laughs> a gossip goose. A gossip goose. Yeah, he yeah. seems like a good source of gossip, but he does not seem like a good friend. Yeah, I I think that's probably true, and and I think there's something that we that Star Trek has taught us to trust the people who have, in a world where you're not getting paid, mm-hmm. put their lives on the line in this way, and then he's just mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm here, for, I'm here to be a civilian, and I'm here just, just to you for know, fun. just for sure. fun, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm on a pleasure cruise essentially. We're just I mean, playing he's working, poker. But... <clears throat> that is not a great place to have just for fun they get in too many life and death situations yeah when 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 they're at red alert is he in his bunk just going like yep worth it i don't care this is still great i wonder maybe he's like an adrenaline junkie oh Oh, my little thing came out well thank your pardon okay i'll back i'm back i'm back Mm. uh uh, what you didn't hear was he said uh michael said beg your pardon uh, to you so i thought i should make sure you heard that joke i appreciate that i appreciate it very yeah. much 
Um, okay, so this was my questions that I that have arisen during this show. It's not like I don't need an answer to these questions. It's just I'm questioning. Um, she's the only Bajoran on this ship that could have done this. Mm-hmm. Question mark. Mm. And it's very easy to make someone else appear Bajoran. Mm. Question mark. Um, and then, uh, Picard said, now, listen, I can't make you do this, but that's like, that's like a mental, that's like a mind game because the caps, your captain of your ship is basically asking you to volunteer. Like, Hey, I'm not going to make you do this. Well, and they've already admitted that she's had to feel like she's had to prove herself this whole time. Yeah. Of course she's going to say yes. It felt a little manipulative. manipulative. Yeah. And uh, those are those are the things that I sort of picked up on a little bit. Like she did not, as an ensign, need to be doing that. Uh, when we talk about the lower decks episode and we talk about Mariner, Mariner said something like she didn't sign up to be a spy. That's not yeah. what she was doing. How did right. she get that? How did she get in that position? That's totally not fair. Now, the so. question is, did you have this feeling about this episode before you saw the episode of Lower Decks? Or is it something oh. that's been brought to the fore? Yeah. I'm just thinking of it now. Like, I I literally did not watch, literally didn't watch the new episode of Lower Decks. And <laughs> I'm just making fun of myself. Sorry. You're um, I... I watched this ep- I watched this episode before I watched the Lower Decks episode. Uh, and you were having okay, so, okay, good. Yeah, well then there you go. So and now and now I'm thinking about this. So yeah, I wanted to do it that way. And I was like, because I didn't watch the Lower Decks, I guess we'll talk about this later. I, I keep getting ahead of myself, guys. <laughs> I keep getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, we will we will get there once we once we move on to yeah. that episode. Yeah. But there's still some great things to, to mention in this one. Like I feel like there's a lot of good, a lot of good quotes. Like I like the one where where she's like, "How'd you like to be a spider under that table?" And you're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. She's like, "A spider <laughs> under the table." And he's like, "Like a fly on the wall?" She's like, "I guess." <laughs> like, <they're Yeah>. like... <laughs> I saw like the universal translator. Yeah. But you know, we're gonna... how'd you like to be a caterpillar <laughs> on that rug? <laughs> Which I think is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like just, to be a mosquito like the on their shoulder? Maybe, <laughs> right. maybe, maybe that's just a saying that she's trying to start. You know, like uh, how uh, Alaska like, is the yeah, New Jersey of uh, yeah. <laughs> like our kids are going to say, "How'd you like to be a, a, a on that guy's house?" A ring doorbell. You know what I mean? Because it's uh, a camera. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, they could they could it say that, work. couldn't they? Yeah. Yes. Michael, I don't think it works because Alaska is a state and also New Jersey is a state, but Canada yeah, is not. The Canada's not a state. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. But no, it's 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 not about statehood. It's not about nationality. It's more just about uh, you know, a, 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 people being, being adjacent. Larger. Yeah. But, but but people being adjacent to something but liking oh, to see. believe that they're part of something in the same way that it's, northern New Jerseyans are right. like, I'm I'm a New Yorker. It's like, no, you're not. It's more yeah. a commentary on location. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 stolen valor, I guess, maybe a little bit. Well, as a South Jersey person, you know that we're never trying to claim either New York or Philadelphia. No, <laughs> South Jersey stands alone. Yeah, it doesn't right. doesn't try to claim Philadelphia either. No. no, you're right. It stands alone. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk about Nurse Ogawa. I like her. 
I oh, I've seen yeah. several mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. She's been yeah. in several uh, episodes as a recurring supporting role. Well, this is the most they've ever given her to do, though, I feel like, which is nice that she gets a chance yeah, to like, we stretch get to her learn a little, little bit yep. more about her. She's dating somebody. Is he or isn't he cheating on her? We still don't know. There's an open... Mm-hmm. <laughs> he asked her to marry uh, him, but that doesn't mean he wasn't cheating on her just saying that's the uh the real chaotic version of this episode is that this whole time he's been <laughs> cheating on her with Encinito. yeah uh, nobody yeah. knows <laughs> and she's taking it to her grave now so it's, yeah you know, it is it is what now it is. now it would be bolder yeah. if he was cheating on her with ben yeah oh i think that's definitely true oh yeah. and that feel, it feels like that might happen to nurse ogawa just a yeah. nice unassuming assuming person who just is going to get, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got that saunter as he walks from the the one poker game to the other that makes me go like, you enter a lot of people's quarters, don't you? I bet. Yeah, and very freely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very freely. Yeah, very, very, very freely. Calling everybody mm-hmm. by he's, their he's, first name. He's welcome everywhere, you know what I mean? Hey, Will. Hey, Deanna. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jean-Luc. Mm-hmm. He's actually a Romulan who's wormed his way in, and uh, he's really just a spy. <laughs> Probably. That's, mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Um, I also like the quote where they say um, when uh, Lavelle is repeating his hopes for a promotion over and over again, um, Ogawa's like, oh, it's a time-honored strategy, Torek. And then Sito says, the Vedics of the Janalan order maintain a round-the-clock chant for the benefit of the Bajoran people. And Torek <laughs> says, considering the history of your planet, that doesn't exactly v- validate what he's doing. <laughs> That's cold. That is really cold. Yeah. It's not... Uh, the Bajorans are going to need a lot more than chanting to get out of yeah. this. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember how your people were all oppressed? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like yes, it was like remember a couple the occupation. Years. Yeah. <laughs> remember the occupation? Yes. Like, yeah, it was a couple years ago. I was there. <laughs> yes, I remember it. I'm still happening. And she has that quote. <laughs> well, what is your okay? Ha- explain to me because I forgot or maybe it wasn't clear to me to begin with. How do um, people from non-Federation planets, how do they get to join Starfleet? Uh, I, this is the same thing that Nog went through on DS9. I, I, like I, I think they went through more detail. Yeah, like you need a sponsor, I think. You at least need like a couple sponsors and letters of recommendation and things like that. But I mean, I think, so which is why it's rare, but not impossible. Are you thinking about applying? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what's, what's your concentration going to be? Worf, I, I definitely you, improv coach. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know my. my I told my... you team building. Worf, I think, had the of team building. <laughs> um, he had the edge because he was adopted by a human parents, so I'm sure yeah. that you know got him a a foot, foot foothold in there. Well, I mean, he's a user, he's a citizen of Earth, so I think he doesn't yeah. have to like you know. Hmm. He's a Rojenko, you know, he's fine. Worf Rojenko, mm-hmm. that's going to be my drag name. I like that. Mm-hmm. Worf uh, Rojenko! <laughs> it should be. It's definitely got to be easier when you are, you come from a Federation member planet, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, now I really do want to know all about that process. Like, yeah. what's the paperwork like? How long are you waiting? If there's a wait list, how long? Mm-hmm. 
What do you think? Okay, now I'm going to ask a different question. I just have a lot of questions about this episode. Those are good today. questions. Keep them coming. This, this is good. a good question. Um, what do you think about Deanna Troy's hair in this episode? Big, biggest hair. I mean, she's. I mean, she's in now. She's now in her big hair phase. I believe. Yeah. Is, yeah. 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 Doesn't it? I think it happens right around when she starts wearing the regular uniform more often. Yeah. Yeah. And her hair and gets bigger. Her hair gets bigger, almost like she's just saying, like, well, I'm I still need to be distinctive. I feel like I'm kind of being swallowed up by this uniform. So I'm making choices. It's bigger hair-wise. and it's lighter too. It's a lighter brown with some like, yeah. some, like highlights in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm not mad about. I'm how I'm tall fine is she? Yeah. How tall is uh Marina Sirtis? She's very short. It's she's like, like it's making her taller. Yeah, she's got the well, boots on. She's, mm. got the she's, in, she's in Deanna Troy drag. She's trying to like do the full. Yes. Yeah. She's she's that's oh great. she yeah she's five five. I love the idea of doing a a drag costume of yourself, just like wearing. Well, I mean, as RuPaul says, Karen, uh, we're yeah. all born naked, and the rest is drag. Yes. Mm. Well, all born mm. naked and the rest is drag. Ooh, it's a whole song about it. It's all <laughs> um, because <clears throat> we're all performing, you know, our identities and our genders and all that stuff at all times. It's all it's a whole version of drag. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but um, yeah, no, I think I think I do, I do like that wig. I would I would love to have that wig and wear mm. it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have another question. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, um, discussion question. This one's mm. a discussion question. Uh, Toric versus, um, Jordy. What an interesting. I mm. think that oftentimes this show does not portray Jordy as being a patient person. Yes, right. I agree. And I don't get that. <laughs> he, he he yells at Scotty, you know, of all people. Remember uh-huh. uh, several weeks ago when we talked about that? Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember when this episode came out, a lot of people going like, mm, I don't like that Vulcan. He's too smarmy. Um, but I feel like he's perfectly Vulcan wise. You know, like I, I think that, you know. Oh, no, yeah. I love this. I love yeah. the different. uh Vulcans do not have to be all the same in my no, mind. I agree. Logic, I agree. Logic does not mean perfect person. Yeah. yeah. Logic does not mean um, you know, a smart. <laughs> but I do mm-hmm. think it's funny that though people know that Vulcans will stick to the logical of side of things and be pretty insistent upon it, that they're pretty much always surprised when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's the thing, too. I mean, Jordy has no one to blame but himself, because if you're enlisting a Vulcan to help with your special project, you won't tell him what it is. You're going to get notes. You're going to get, you know, like I I, it. Yeah, they love the details, man. I don't know what you're thinking. What I was I was uh, saying it's close to because you were talking about uh, the show where um, it's close to autism for me where he's just saying what he's thinking he doesn't understand the emotions of the other people he's stating facts he needs to say these things Uh and it's and i i could i could see if see people might relate to that yeah 
Yeah, I, I think I've heard that pe- folks on the autism spectrum often see themselves in characters like, mm-hmm. like Data, like um, like the like a like a Spock kind of thing, um, you know, because you're you're not necessarily getting all the same social cues that other people get, and so that that would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, should we should we um th- say our final thoughts on this episode and move on to the next since we're we are running short on time? Very tearjerker, tearjerker of an ending. Um, and I appreciate, you know, Cito's, you know, Cito is very moving in this. And I really like it. So it would be such an easy scene to cut, but I really like that scene with her and the Cardassian at the end where they're kind of, you know, yeah. comparing notes about what led them to here. If, you know, it, it kind of gives it, you know, takes something that is sad and it keeps it from being so. Yeah, it, it 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 allows her a little bit of agency, oddly oddly in a way, because it, it allows her to kind of in that space kind of define a little bit more what she is very likely dying for. Um, and I really appreciate that. It would be very easy for her to just be sent off, and then yeah. we just hear that she's she's dead. I really like that they that they yeah, don't do that. This episode yeah. ha- really uh, tricks you. It sort of fools you into feeling that everything is fine and everything's going to be okay because you're learning about her life and what she's had to go through. And then at the very end, there's just still that we're looking for her, we're looking for her, and you still have this like hope of, oh, they're going to find her. Everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. But then it isn't. So I, I think the episode does that very well. And she dies in a crash just like the uh or or uh, like a, a shipwreck, basically, just like the uh the uh other cadet mm. she was with. Oh in the end. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Well let's All move right. on. Let's move on to All right. Oh, the inner fight. Okay. The inner All fight right. it is. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All uh, right. The inner fight. Uh, the mysterious vessel is now attacking former Starfleet officers, and the Cerritos is assigned to locate and protect former cadet Nick Lacarno, who now works as a pilot for hire. Captain Freeman, Shax, and Rutherford head to New Axton to locate Lacarno. On observing Mariner's recent self-endangerment, Freeman assigns Mariner, Tendi, Tillin, and Boimler to a safe buoy repair job near Sherby 5. After they finish, <laughs> the, uh, after they finish, um, uh, the Chita, now working with the mysterious vessel, appears and destroys their shuttle, requiring them to beam onto the planet. They encounter senior officers of various missing ships, including Ma'a, all stranded as victims of mutiny. While the others convert the buoy's monitoring station into a distress beacon, Mariner gets Ma'a, but glass rain forces glass rain. I love it. Glass rain forces the two to shelter <laughs> in a cave. She reveals that she went through the Dominion War just three years after losing a friend, Sito, to a Starfleet spy mission, and was acting out of out of acting out over disillusionment that her new responsibilities may mean complicity with Starfleet's military aspects. Oof. Ma'a helps bolster Mariner's belief in herself and Starfleet. She convinces the stranded captains to work together, but is suddenly beamed away. Ma'a and the others manage to lure the Chita down to the surface, overtaking it. Meanwhile, Freeman locates Locarno's residence, but discovers the mysterious vessel schematics therein. Mariner finds herself aboard the vessel, greeted by Locarno. Whoa. Dun-dun-dun. Yes, I love it. This is a great episode. 
And I say oh, yeah. that about, and I say that about all lower decks episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but this one, this one is a great episode. <laughs> well, what I like the theme that the the, 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 the <clears throat> pattern I like that they give us is that, you know, it's all like you know, um, lighthearted and fun and joke, joke, joke. But towards the end of each season, we do get some episodes with some more gravitas, a little more weight to them emotionally. Yeah. And this one certainly yeah. fits that bill. I. So what I was going to say before is since I watched the next generation episode right before this one, I was totally, I was still totally expecting uh, Cito to be alive. I thought they were just going to find her. Like it was still, that hope was still there. Like, Oh, she's not really dead. They found her on some abandoned planet or something like that. So uh, that's clearly not what happened. No such uh, I luck, was, unfortunately. Yeah. No such luck. I was I was surprised by Mariner's um explanation for her behavior. That it was this person that she never talked about before. Well, we know. So but on lower decks has never been talked about. Right. But having said that having this reference to the next generation episode that inspired lower decks uh gives and makes a nice little little uh connection a uh, puzzle piece put being put together <clears throat> it gives a yeah and i mean if anything it, it somehow gives Cito's death even more impact so many years after her death too because we don't see in Star Trek very often just how people's deaths, especially like, you know, lower deckers of all stripes, how they affect other people, you know? Usually it's, um, you know, the big characters who die and people have reactions to that. But, you know, the, 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 the red shirts and whatnot, I mean, you know, it's a whole meme basically about red shirts basically being disposable people. Um, so the idea that, you know, uh, an ensign's death meaning this much to another ensign um works really well and i i think i'm i'm still puzzling out the motivations of it not in that i disagree with it but more just like i'm i'm, I'm still kind of making the connections but i think it's a really interesting wrinkle and i think it kind of you know really crystallizes yeah because it sort know, of popped yeah. out almost out of nowhere her reason yeah. for it because yeah. she's been rebellious this whole time without but and i you don't thought, see yeah. we had thought before it was just because she had problems with her parents just right. sort of uh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i also um, appreciate that it fills in the gaps of like you know we've know she's we know she's been in starfleet a long time and it fills in the gaps of like what she's been doing that whole time like the dominion war i mean that that makes a lot of sense that she's seen a lot and then also now we understand why she's not over eager to advance 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 yeah um, I... and, and in a lot of ways it's like a good improv show where but they've the thing they're bringing back from the beginning is from the beginning of time almost because it's from the like mm. <laughs> from the nineties. Mm. Yeah. So I need a because of that, I need a little clarification on Mariner's age and yeah. what year we're in. <laughs> uh well, I feel like Mariner must be like in her late 30s or later, you know. Yeah. So okay, so let's assume that uh Encinito when she died was just out of the academy so she could have been she could have been like 20 21 i don't mm -hmm. know that you would be a teenager 
So hmm. I would I would say like twenty one or twenty two. Do they have they, they don't list how old Mariner is, right? They don't actually tell us ever. I don't I don't know so. if yeah, let me let me check if uh if there's so, a canon. But I'm just saying if Mariner is in her thirties and they were around the same age when uh and Sincito died, <laughs> uh then it would be like maybe ten to fifteen years after she died because we went through the whole dominion war and we're on the other side of it yeah yeah since we had said this show exists not too long after the end of deep space nine yeah so that would make okay. sense so it's it's like it's like 10 to 15 years after this yeah, this episode is eleven years after Cito's death. Okay. Oh, um, I puzzled it out. I'm clapping for myself because I Michael looked up something on the internet that I had puzzled out without the use of the internet. I'm trying to square <laughs> it with uh, uh, Mariner does not have a canon history, so, um, but. Uh, Someone on Reddit wrote, Tawny Newsom is 39, therefore Beckett Mariner is 39. Tawny I, that's, equals Beckett. Beckett equals that's, Tawny. That's generally okay. a good rule of thumb, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just on Reddit. That's not like any sort of, you know. In the 30s, I would accept in the 30s. Yeah, I think in the 30s mm -hmm. makes sense. And if it's 11 years after, I mean, I think it would make sense to me that because she was also a freshman while Cito was a senior, right? Or something like that? Or. So did she say specifically? She said, "My friend." Yeah, but have you have you watched the last episode of Lower Decks yet? Oh no, I didn't watch that yet. Okay. I'm waiting. Cool. So I'm waiting. you'll you'll get you'll get a vision of of their age connection. I think there. Okay. Okay. So I was waiting this whole entire episode for Robert Duncan McNeil. I was like, "Where's Where's Robbie? Where's Robbie? Where's Robbie? <laughs> he comes in at the very end. I'm like, yeah." Robbie, I'm like a Robert Duncan McNeil fan. <laughs> like, well, you're a you're Robbie, a Delta Flyer super Robbie, fan. Robbie, yeah. Robbie, that's me. I'm like, well, like uh, watching a football game. I stood up, like, woo! I'm wearing like face paint. <laughs> for, on for him to come in and be the villain, I love it. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'm not since I haven't watched the last episode. I don't know that he's a villain. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> Yeah, he's it's super. When he comes into the end, it's super. Yeah, you're right. It's very unclear. Slash, maybe a little clearer that he. Wow. Well, <laughs> no. I mean, is he killing people or just causing mayhem? No, I don't. I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. No, but I mean, I don't I mean, want he... to watch it until like right before we talk about it. That's well. I'm. I'm just saying. In this episode, he does have five o'clock shadow, and he walks in with uh, you know, just kind of a glint in his eye, and he says, "We're gonna have some fun." So I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know. Does not seem wholesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So wait, it's interesting also that they're looking for Beverly Crusher now that we talked about this timeline because mm. this since is in the we timeline were watching true. Yeah. Picard, she's hasn't been seen for a while. So she's hiding somewhere. Yeah, we're in the middle of that. She's off raising their son somewhere. That's apparently so. 
who's also 25 and also 35, as we've discovered. (laughs) That's, you know what, that's what, um, that's what a hard life does to you. Aging is very elastic. You're on the run. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got a robot body now. That's, that's, that's the explanation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like a robot, um. To lift my forehead up a little bit and I'd be happy. No, never mm-hmm. mind. I'll get Botox mm-hmm. to do that. I'm just um, gonna I'm gonna sit like this with my hands pushed up. Uh more we do this, you know, we look like F. Murray Abraham uh, in Insurrection. We're just like, okay, oh. I'm strapping <laughs> in for my <laughs> massaging my face muscles, make them tighter. Yeah, well, the uh, thing where like you put yeah. if you put on your makeup like this, you're pushing your face up. That's what you're supposed to do, or some yeah. some bullshit like that. I don't I don't mind that, but I I liked New Axton. I liked the comment that it was like old Axton, but different, <laughs> or however <laughs> I phrased it. Oh my goodness. I think I love also the name of the, just the planet names in this episode, Sherbel, Sherbel 5. Sherbel. It's really mm-hmm. great. Sherbel. <laughs> No, I think I think it's I'm, I'm excited for you to see the next one and it had put it all all together, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys don't even know what to talk about because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Well, we can. We, why don't we talk about some because we're, we're kind of coming. We're coming down the pike to, you know, the end of our time anyway. But um, we can this- we can. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, sorry, I just want to say um, this episode has one of my favorite little tropes that Star Trek always does, where it specifically has a Klingon character to show up to make a um, to have a discussion with somebody, and and ends up making a very insightful and intelligent point unexpectedly. Um, mm. I, I can't think of other examples right now, but um, that that cave scene where uh, where, where Mariner's kind of spills her guts, uh, and you know, uh, and her yeah. Klingon frenemy. Um, I forget his name. Ma. Uh, really kind of, yeah. Ma. Ma-a, Ma-a, which is just not such a great name. Uh, barely yeah. any consonants in it. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, where he basically kind of calls her on her shit a little bit. Um, is really nice. I, 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 I really enjoy that. Yeah, it's easier to open up to uh, strangers and enemies than it is <laughs> to your closest friends. I've always found that to be true, and I consider you to be two of my biggest enemies. So here we are. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Just kidding. Wow. Just kidding. Oh, what a time to find out. Wow. I know. After Aww. 60 episodes, now you find out we're enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we're not. There's no way. I don't have any natural enemies, just unnatural ones. Uh, I will say, actually, <laughs> sitting down with somebody who you think are friendly and then slowly discovering that they are actually your enemies is probably a very nice way to to commemorate the very first Thanksgiving. So it's it's tiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say yeah. <clears throat> that definitely sure. that definitely uh, mm. fits. <clears throat> I mean, for Thanksgiving, yeah. I always just think about um, Adam's family values and the Thanksgiving play. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I love that so much. <laughs> I think I'm going to watch. I am I think I'm going to make Arlo watch that every year on Thanksgiving. She's not doing the script, Gary. Make her do the <laughs> script. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think that would be a scene you probably wouldn't be able to make today. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But, you know. 
the 90s what can you do um well, you, 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 christine bransky and um what's his name doing just a wonderful job oh um as evil theater camp directors <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i oh, what is his name he's a this amazing character actor uh isn't he from yes. ally mcbeal yes he is things? from ally mcbeal yeah he was the weasel face guy on ally mcbeal i i apologize to this actor um <laughs> the weasel faced guy <laughs> oh my god he's listening yeah he, he loves right the prime subjective and he's so mad right now yeah he's He's going to cancel the Patreon that we don't have. Um, um, I hope he writes Peter McNichol, uh, an right? angry. Yeah. I hope he yeah. writes us an angry. I hope he writes us an angry letter to uh, Prime Subjective Pod <laughs> at gmail.com. Well, we will tell him yeah. that I loved him at, at an early age in Ghostbusters too. He oh, he was very good in Ghostbusters too. Oh, he was so very good. good in Ghostbusters too. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, that I did just I just checked the Prime Subjective Pod email, um, which currently has one email from a fan. And then uh, three spam emails. But if you'd like to write to us, you can write to us at, um, yeah, so it's primesubjectivepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Good or bad? Mostly good only? No bad, actually? We don't actually want any sort of opinions or We don't actually want feedback. We're not not. asking for feedback. We're not, not, yeah, we're not making any um, money, so we're not interested in Positive (laughs) comments only. Yes. Positive affirmations, please. (laughs) Um, And recommendations of things that you like to watch and listen to also always welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, in keeping with many things we've done in different corners of this podcast, reviews of things you've bought online recently, maybe. We're into that, yeah. too. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you've gotten a kiddie pool, we wouldn't hear about it. Um, by the way, Karen, you you did get a kiddie pool, right? That You talked about that? I did. This? I've purchased several kiddie pools. I filled them up with uh, ball pit balls, and it was a grand time. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> I recommend Sounds that. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any other things to recommend <clears throat> that you've been enjoying in the four days since we last spoke? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> the four uh. days that we last spoke. No, hmm. you know, I just watch K uh, K dramas to it, it. It soothes my brain somehow because I have so much going on um, baby wise because the baby yeah. is a lot of work. So somehow just me turning on a Korean drama and maybe because I have to read the subtitles that it makes me like only focus on the one thing yeah, for a little while. Multitask. It just sort of like washes my brain of any stressful uh, <laughs> thing that I was thinking of. So, yeah, uh, okay. I recommend I also recommend chocolate. Chocolate um, K dramas, a classic combination. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's probably what I'm gonna do right after we're done talking. Oh, good. Michael, do you have do you have any recommendations of things you've been enjoying? Or I wish, honestly, I can't really think of anything right now that I've been enjoying. Just a lot of things on my pile of I need to go and read that, watch that, etc. Yeah. So I got nothing. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll get some done over this weekend. That's all good. Maybe. Maybe I hope so. Do you remember? Did I recommend a book that I was listening to last week? Because I was about to recommend it again. Now I you like I recommended it at once Britney's biography. Yes, but also I'm now recommending a book by Ann Patchett called Tom Lake, which is very good. Good and because the audiobook I... is read by Meryl Frickin Streep. Oh man! It's wow! Oh wow! Good. Okay, Ooh, it's very good. I've been, 
I've been trying to figure out what book I should read next. No, I recommend Tom Lake. It was very good. And I wrote to I wrote to my friend Eric and I was like, it turns out Ann Patchett's very good. He was like, yeah, everyone has known that for a long time. Oh, I'm wow. just very, I'm very late to the game, I guess, on Ann Patchett. <laughs> so uh, what can you do? So I recommend that. Also, um, they've just um, remastered and, re- and re-released Super Mario RPG for the Switch. And cool. it's wonderful. And I'm playing it right now. Uh, cool. I highly recommend that. And also the crown is back. So you I mean all the all the good things. So wow. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the Princess Die season, right? This is the Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. is it ever? Yeah. I yeah. mean, as, as one of the one of the one of the people I follow online was like did it one of those fake headlines like um crown to kill off one of the major characters in this next season. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, we know <laughs> those bastards. Yeah. <laughs> uh it wasn't mm. the crown. It wasn't the crown that did that. It was no, the French. No. Well, it was the way they portray it, they're making it seem like it was a combination of like Dodi Al Fayed trying to, I mean, Mohammed Al Fayed trying to get the, get his son to marry her so that he can get in and become a citizen of England. It's a whole, they, it's a layered thing, it seems like. Oh, okay. Wait, is that also, in the show? Is that, wait, I mean, that subtext is in the show? Really? That subtext is in the show. And then they're also making it seem like, because I think we're all were of the opinion that like oh Dodie and Di were like in love and they were trying to sure, but the show is making it seem like he like that night asked her to marry him and she was like no, <laughs> and then they got in a car and died. Wow. Yeah. But I but forgot was, somebody uh-huh. else was with her. Like I forgot. Well, that's that's yeah. the big thing about it too. There were like other. Yeah. There's a driver. There was a. I think there were four people in the car. Yeah, she was not the only one that died. She was not the yeah. Only one, yeah. Keep. I forgot. But yeah, worth a watch. Worth a watch for sure um so so that makes me think that we should my suggestion of a song we could end on is candle in the wind (laughs) Mm. Uh, because it it also works with like cedo jaxa as well Well, yeah good morning yeah okay karen then you can sing it for us because i don't know how it goes i only know the one line so this is what we're gonna end on it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. Never something in the